I think you're going to continue to see this discussion of how do you get alternative investments, things that can be found in DB plans to more retail investors and and to a DC participant. This is 401k specialist, editor-in-chief Brian Anderson, and this is the 401k specialist podcast. As we enter the home stretch of 2023, we figured it was a good time to check in on what's going on in Washington regarding retirement reform efforts. And today we're happy to have as our guest, Jennifer Flitton, head of U.S. government affairs at Invesco. Jen is obviously based in our nation's capital and has had her ear to the hill for the past 15 years. In that time, she's gotten really good at explaining how things work behind the scenes in Congress and has an uncanny knack for predicting when things will pass, not pass, or get delayed. Today, we're going to ask her about progress on Secure 2.0 provisions and more technical corrections, CITs and 403Bs, and who might fill the legislative leadership void left by some recent and pending retirements. We're going to get to all that right after this brief message. Participants today view retirement differently driven by their personal experiences, goals, and financial resources, with only 22% confident they can develop an income strategy to turn their savings into income. Invesco's in-depth retirement income research further solidified that every employee situation is unique, with no clear-cut behaviors across generations, income levels, and or gender. To learn more, visit Invesco.com backslash retirement income. All right, we're back with Jennifer Flitton, head of U.S. Government Affairs at Invesco. First off, welcome to the 401k Specialist Podcast, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. All right, well, let's begin by talking about uh, Secure 2.0 implementation. Now, very recently, the IRS announced the two-year delay in the Roth catch-up contribution requirement. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the sense of relief that was felt throughout the retirement industry with that news and why it's such a big deal? Yes, yes, that was a great relief. And it came late on a Friday in August during the congressional recess. Um, the IRS posted uh, what was really highly anticipated guidance on um, Secure 2.0, Section 603, which relates to the catch up contribution. So it was um, tailored to provide a two year administrative delay for implementation of requiring that designated Roth catch up contribution for participants making over 145K in the preceding calendar year that was supposed to take effect, right, after 2023. And this now gives it that two-year delay in order for the IRS, for record keepers, for plan participants, um, for brokers, and and all in the industry uh, of retirement to really um, put their heads around this and and try to figure out how how they can implement and implement in a way that doesn't affect the participant who really um, values that catch-up contribution. There was also, within that notice, there was language, um, there was some confusion in the original 2.0 because it had been going through so many different types of drafting towards the end. Um, There was a little technical correction in there, making sure that folks know that, yes, you can continue to to use catch-up contributions after the age of 50. Now, everyone... Um, everyone will sort of be put on pause here for the next two years with that Roth catch up over the 145. But um, I, I think there's a, a, a lot more guidance that's going to come our way. 
All right, so it's nice to have all that taken care of, but are there any other Secure 2.0 technical corrections still out there that need to be dealt with? And if so, how might that get done? Yeah, so we definitely expected um, additional guidance to come out of the IRS, actually, which with this catch-up contribution language. But I think IRS, while the chatter in Washington was a, a grab bag of guidance, they um, saw fit to get that catch-up contribution language out, most notably for the record keepers, right? Because they've got to start preparing for 2024. Uh, but there are still a number of technical corrections that need to get done, some of them in Congress. So the committees of jurisdiction uh, in the health committee, in the education and workforce and ways and means and finance are currently working on legislation addressing several technical corrections. That legislation will need to be cir circulated to stakeholders, likely in October, and then that will give them a path to get something attached to something larger, either a technical corrections bill or perhaps a larger omnibus or appropriations bill. So um, look out for that by the end of the year. All right. Um, now, how about uh, can you give us an update on the status of any legislative fixes regarding collective investment trusts being allowed in 403Bs? And do you think we're going to see any movement on that front before the end of the year? Yes. Yeah, so the House Financial Services um, marked up the Retirement Fairness for Charities and Educational Institutions Act, which is a bit of a mouthful. That was reported out of committee uh, with a bipartisan vote of 35 to 12. That essentially takes care of that SEC exemptive language, allowing 403Bs to truly be um, um, to truly utilize those CITs, right? Uh, what we hope to see uh, it, this fall, possibly later in the fourth quarter, uh, potentially, it all depends on when Chairman McHenry can get time on the floor. Um, he'll be able to bring the CIT bill and some other capital markets bills to the floor. Uh, right now, we're in this um, interesting phase of trying to fund the government, and we're, we're hitting a deadline here of September 30th, which there's debate right now within Congress as to how they're going to get this done, how they're going to kick the can and allow for, for funding. That debate is going to take up a lot of steam, right? And so being able to get things to the floor is going to be somewhat difficult. The calendar is going to be fairly cramped. I also point that out because if we do have a government funding shutdown, we're going to have to deal with the fact that a lot of bureaucrats aren't going to be able to be at work writing guidance, writing notice making, writing and promulgating rules. So that could also cramp some of, of the uh, progress that we've made in getting some of this guidance out on Secure 2.0. Yeah, it's hard to say what's going to happen on that. But uh, next, let's talk about the next generation of congressional leadership when it comes to retirement matters. Uh, one of the key Secure Act architects, Rob Portman of Ohio, already retired, of course. Uh, Maryland's Ben Cardin is retiring at the end of next year. And there's talk of Richie Neal dropping off the Ways and Means Committee, and he's been another key champion of retirement reform. Who do you see out there that uh, that will step up and fill in that leadership void on the retirement reform front? Will Bill Cassidy step up or who else? And what uh, what Democrats might emerge as the next champions of retirement security efforts on Capitol Hill? 
Yeah, absolutely. Senator Cassidy already has, I, I think, um, in a big way. In fact, he's willing to take on some conversations that a number of senators and members of Congress are um, very reticent to discuss, which is Social Security solvency, right? But he has a number of pieces of retirement um, reform policy that he's introduced. He is clearly taking up the mantle as he goes and sits down on Sunday morning shows and and all the cable stations. Um, He has clearly stepped in as that sort of next uh, Rob Portman figure on on the right um, for the Republican Party. I think you're going to continue to have senators like Senator Murray and Senator Kane and others on the House uh, or the um, Health, Education, Labor, Pensions Committee. And then, of course, the Finance Committee there who are going to take up that mantle for Mr. Cardin when he leaves uh, the Senate. In the House, you know, there are still um, a number of of Democrats who are very much interested in retirement policy. And I make that stipulation because, you know, it's the Ways and Means Committee is really focused right now. The Republicans who are are chairing and have the majority really focused on on tax reform, right? And getting something across the finish line, which within their own conference right now is still up for debate. Um, So I think that is taking up a lot of space in their minds and in their conference right now. So we'll have to see going into next year who comes out um, as sort of that that next leader on retirement. I I look to Mike Kelly, uh, who has had a really strong voice on this on this issue, and I'm sure there'll be others as well. All right. So we've covered a lot here already. But before we wrap up, is there anything else of note on your radar in Washington right now, perhaps on the alternative investments front and how that might play out as far as retirement plans gaining more access? Yeah, I think what we saw at the end of last Congress was Senator Toomey's bill that came out of um, he was the Senate um, banking ranking member um, came out of that committee, along with Senator Scott, who happens to be running for president right now, uh, a way in which alternative investments could um, be used by D.C., right? So you could get them onto that platform. Uh, I think there was a pretty partisan support for that, unfortunately. I think what you're going to see um, is the beginning of the discussion. But I think for Democrats to get on board, there's going to have to be more investor protections um, to be part of something like that. I think what you'll see in the House, because this was marked up um, in the same month as the 403B CIT bill, is an expansion of accredited investor. And that was introduced by the chairman of the Financial Services Committee. It is clearly um, something that he cares a lot about. And so I think um, you're going to continue to see this discussion of how do you get um, alternative investments, um, things that can be found in DB plans to more retail investors and, and to an, a DC participant. Um, this is probably a conversation that will get further with a Republican administration, right? A Republican SEC, a Republican um, Department of Labor um, at the time being. Uh, but there probably is a space over the next decade for um, some bipartisanship there. 
All right. Well, this is uh, this has been really enlightening. Uh, it's been a big help for me in understanding where things sit on Capitol Hill. Jen Flitton of Invesco, thanks for joining us today on the 401k Specialist Podcast. Thanks so much. 